Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Polygreens podcast. I'm Joe Swartz from Am Hydro, along with my friend and colleague, Nick Greens of the Nick Greens Grow Team. And I've got another great guest for you today. Um, quite a number of years ago, uh, Nick had introduced me to a product called TerraPlenish. And it's a microbial product. We're going to hear all about it today. Um, it's really something that's near and dear to my heart, because as a grower, I have always kind of pushed back against the, the notion that hydroponics or controlled environment agriculture is sterile. I, I still to this day hear people talking about nutrient solution in uh, terms of doing things to sanitize it or clean it out or kind of keep a clean room uh, type of situation. And that's really, in my opinion and my experience, that is really not a good way to go. Uh, nutrient solution in a root zone in a hydroponic system is a living, breathing organism in, into itself. Uh, your nutrient solution should be biologically active, just as what we see in the soil. People sometimes push back on soil versus hydroponically grown product specifically because they say, well, in the soil, there's a lot of microbes and all of this um, uh, beneficial uh, fungi and bacteria and hydroponics doesn't have that. And that is absolutely not true. And TerraPlenish is a product that uh, can help really develop uh, the microbial life in your, in your solutions. And so that's really something that I really wanna get into today. So um, Kathy Scratch, who's the CEO, um, we're very happy to have you here. Uh, thanks very much for joining us, Kathy. I'm excited to be here, Joe. Thank you so much for inviting me, Nick. Um, I am uh, the CEO of uh, Feed Earth Now, which uh, makes a product called Terry Plenish. Uh, it's a liquid probiotic that is made from food waste. And I started that uh, as it, it really was a happenstance that it even was the product. I wasn't out to create a product for agriculture or for, for anything other than um, I, my background is in recycling. So collecting the food waste and not knowing that Terra Plenish was going to come out of it? Exactly. So I used to do waste and recycling audits for hotels and large waste generators. And I was really good at diverting all the basic recyclables and creating revenue for glass, metal, plastic, paper, uh, creating revenue where there wasn't any before, uh, except for food waste. Food waste became my nemesis. I was doing a waste audit for a hotel, a large hotel on uh, Michigan Avenue here in Chicago, where I live. And I discovered that they were generating 10 tons of food waste uh, a week just from the food prep kitchens alone, not, not, the, not the, uh, the garbage from the restaurants or any of the rooms. It was basically pre-consumer straight food waste. And so I began researching sustainable options to handle that kind of a volume to create something great out of it, to recycle it. Uh, and what would be the highest and best. Um, I quickly discovered that composting was, was not really a sustainable model for a large city, being that food waste, or in general, whether it's food or wasted food, is roughly 70% liquid, just like our bodies, the human body. Uh, so you have to contain that 70% liquid that kind of is a stinky mess and it creates a toxic environment uh, highly regulated uh, with the EPA. 
uh, and it makes composting, it makes dealing with food waste in general difficult, um, and let alone really making a value, a true value-added product. Um, now, unlike anaerobic digestion, uh, we came up with a process um, which was something that I was experimenting with from my days as a raw food chef. Uh, back here in uh, Chicago, I was a raw food chef and I would do a lot of fermentation. And so I would ferment things uh, just like you would ferment grapes and all sorts of, you know, food for, for, for eating. Um, I really just took that science and, um, and created a system that uh, ferments food waste. So in 2014, I wrote a grant for the state of Illinois and they provided a quarter of a million dollars to build the first uh, a food waste fermentation plant out in Boone County. And at that point, I partnered, you know, with uh, my agronomist partner now, uh, who uh, had a, um, an organic farm in CSA. And so we, over, you know, many, many years, we've, um, we have tested TerraPlenish in the soil on over 100 different crops. And so we were really focused on that, uh, that in terms of, you know, how the process creates these secondary, this, the fermentation process creates these secondary metabolites that create, uh, basically it's uh, the secondary metabolite creates this nitrogen fixing bacteria called a zotobacter. And it starts to, as soon as you apply it, it starts to absorb re readily available nitrogen from the air and it delivers it to the root zone and it stays with the plant. So we were really focused on that for years. And then, um, like I said, one day I, I happened to run across, I ran into Nick, he had heard about the product and he, he told me his story about how he was using it in his hydroponics without soil. And I was just like, I, I'd never heard it. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe that you know, we were so focused on soil. So that was really um, an eye-opening revelation. <laughs> and then to get uh, such a high-level testimonial uh, in terms of how great it worked in the growing media environment and the same microbes that are created from this process, they also... Uh, they, they eat airborne pathogens. That's the best way. I, I, I should say it's not a fungicide. What they do is they eat the, uh, the food that the airborne pathogens are creating. So uh, it's really effective for powdery mildew and downy mold, um, any kind of like, you know, any kind of bacteria that would get uh, caught in the irrigation lines, like, um, it just feeds on that. So it, it really, you can see the results um, dramatically. And so Nick shared with me the increase in yields that he had and how- Even the, even also the, the sped up uh, germination times as well. It wasn't just the, the final yields on the product. It was the overall growing experience was enhanced as well. Right. And I've, you know, that's really been consistent in soil too, which is so interesting uh, because it's always seems like it's about a 10 day 
earlier harvest in soil. I'm not sure what it is specifically in hydroponics, but interestingly, since I met Nick, Nick has spread the word about TerraPlenish and I have always had bottles that I've had around for, you know, larger, you know, people want to try it on a, an acre or two uh, before they commit to, you know, truckloads. So we, um, you know, we always had bottles and then all of a sudden I just started selling a lot of bottles <laughs> online and it turns out I just had years of repeat business with hydroponics and it's so funny because I'm working on my new website uh, and I've and I'm putting all my data, everything that I've ever done uh, for all every crop. And I'm looking at the hydroponics and I'm like, I don't have any data. And I started calling my customers who buy the TerraPlenish from me regularly and asking, I said, you know, I'll give you TerraPlenish. Can you please, you know, provide me with some, some hard data? And no one everybody wants to help but they don't want to do a side by side a side without because they are already attuned to and counting on the yields that they're getting um and so i understand hydroponics in a controlled environment um i mean it's every little bit counts so um so that's anyway that's big, i'm sorry that's one of the big challenges in cea when growers are trialing new products and get good results, they incorporate it right away. And there's always a resistance to, uh, to kind of going back. And a lot of growers don't have the capacity to set up identical side-by-side -side trials. So that's always right. something that's a big challenge. Right. So that's, I guess that's funny. It's, it's a funny problem to have <laughs> when it comes to getting, not, not having the data for hydroponics. Um, I have it for everything else. We, we do, um, I've got, you know, years of data. Uh, it's very much consistent through any, any green nitrogen fixing crop, anything that needs any, or I should say um, anything that is nitrogen hungry. Um, it requires nitrogen. So it, it really reacts the same, whether it's broccoli or cannabis, hemp, um, you know, anything in terms of basil and arugula and lettuces and flowers. Um, if, if it doesn't need nitrogen so much, I mean, even soybeans need some nitrogen, but they also generate it. Um, you may not see the results or experience them so profoundly as you would in, in other green vegetables and things like that. So really, Kathy, when you started out, you were, you were producing a, a liquid product, and that was just intentionally for uh, application into field uh, situations. How, how does that, when you first started that, how did that, that work in terms of application? And then what types of results did you see out of the gate? So again, I partnered with, and we built the, uh, the fermentation plant on uh, a farm site. So we had really access to many, many crops. Um, so we did a lot of side-by-sides, which you would we would, um, for regular garden vegetables, you know, an application with, uh, it's a, you know, what I call TerraPlenish is what probiotics do for the performance of the human body, TerraPlenish does for soil or for plants in general. Um, and so any type of um, application that would be a spray, like a foliar application, um, uh, irrigation, drip tape, 
as long as it goes in diluted, um, couple applications, definitely in the high season, um, we saw a uh, powdery mildew being wiped out with the time-lapse camera that you can see a video on my website, like overnight uh, in a giant field. So that was after one application. Uh, fruits and berries, things like that. You're going to notice if you do an evening application the next day, they're going to be plumper. Um, you, you do get really uh, the microbes do enhance the, the bricks level on, on grapes and, and berries, uh, but it does um, increase the, um, the immune system. So if you've got like a late freeze or something like that, or, or I should say an early frost, um, I'm sorry, a, a late frost, um, the plants tend to get like kind of broken down and, and their immune system can't stand up to, and, and you're not going to get the best yield out of, out of, uh, out of your berries. But, uh, if you apply terraplenish before that, uh, it, it's night and day. So those like are the things you visibly see. I liked your analogy uh, of the probiotic. So just to be clear, this is not a nutrient in any way. This is actually a microbial product that helps to fix uh, nitrogen and also increase the overall plant health, correct? Right. So just like fermenting food, like, you know, when you, um, you take a round of human body, you take a round of antibiotics and you break down, like it just wipes out all of the good and, and bad bacteria in your gut. So the first thing, you know, you would typically want to do is reinstall that good bacteria after that round of antibiotics, which would be eating fermented products, uh, yogurt, you know, just there's many ways to reestablish it. But if you don't reestablish it, which happens a lot with regular, um, you know, regular fertilizer, uh, where it basically is an inert fertilizer in it and it, and it and it leaches away it doesn't stay with the plant um, you get that consistent dose of probiotics which it does include bacillus subtilis and azotobacter vinali these are the two primary um, what we call secondary metabolites that come from the process of the fermentation the yep. bacillus subtilis is used um, quite commonly in hydroponics. And certainly a lot of growers, um, particularly I see it in the cannabis space, but I, even in the, in the food production space, people are still looking to kind of sterilize their nutrient solution. And whether that's using a hydrogen peroxide or hydrogen dioxide, um, some type of chlorine, uh, UV sterilization, they're trying to basically eliminate any type of pathogen in their nutrient and what they end up doing inadvertently is destroying all of the beneficial uh, microbes as well. And so a product like Terra Replenish would obviously really go a long way and to help um, to, to supplement the plant health and growth. And again, to supplement the, the beneficial microbes. People always are concerned with, what if I have Pythium in my, my system? Um, you do. If you if you are growing hydroponically, you have pythium in your system. Just whether or right. not um, the the plants are healthy enough, whether or not the system is healthy enough, and the um, the microbial load is is low enough. And so, anything that we can do, any products that we can add um, to boost those beneficial microbes, are <clears throat> very much like maintaining a healthy human body system. Right. And so that's my, yeah, that's my analogy. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, so I'm I'm pretty excited about the direction that we're going. Um, I for years I, I laugh about it because uh, I was boots. So becoming with a coming from the recycling background and then going into a another market segment that is not at all connected, which is um, so it's a real tricky balance. It's it's very delicate balance between making a recycling product uh, from food waste and trying to get you know, credible, you know, people behind it. I mean, and just overall, it's, it's two different market segments. So for years, I was a city girl selling snake oil. And uh, we've experienced, um, you know, definitely growth ups and downs. Um, but I've spent the last um, eight years working on data, collecting it slowly. Uh, and now we're to a point where we uh, have just partnered, uh, should say, um, merged partnership with a public company called DUTV and um, uh, its sister company, Easy Energy Systems. Um, so what you, what we what what this company does is they automate they automated my system. I put together the system that I got from the grant, and they took all my pieces and parts and put them together in a fully automated built-in sensor, food waste. I would say I don't want to just say food waste, but food and green uh, uh, green waste. Uh, system that's the size of a shipping container. Um, so now we are producing these miniature fertilizers in the box to ship to support um, agriculture communities all over the United States. So we, you know, one system can provide uh, 200,000 acres of corn um, a year of, of, of about one third the need of um, the nitrogen source. Wow. So we're really excited about that. Um, increasing more terraplenish production sites worldwide is where where we uh, where we're going to go. So. So you're taking the production process, moving it locally, taking whatever the local uh, food waste stream is and converting that into terra replenish. Absolutely, 100% um, local, sustainable, create uh, the fertilizer right there on site where it's needed the most uh, to get back into the soil, in enhance the soil sponge. Um, and also support indoor um, growing economy. The you know indoor contained uh, like your systems. Those those you're putting these up all over the place. Mm -hmm. So this is similar to what we're doing. Um, and you know we're trying to create and, and establish these local communities, these sustainable communities. So imagine taking all your waste and putting it in my system, <laughs> and then using yeah, it as yeah, using it as as your fertilizer. Oh, that's fantastic. So you were so, good. Go ahead. So you were talking about putting these uh, near grocery stores, which made sense too, right? Yeah. So let's just say that you've got agricultural specific areas that you know might have a Walmart or a, a Costco or something. I mean, you know, Costco's go through fifty thousand uh dollars of wasted flowers a year that's just flowers not including you know food waste in general so yeah this could be you know just easily hooked up to uh 
you know, as much as the food goes in, it also so, comes so, out. So it's not, so it's not just food waste you're recycling. It's, it's, it's other avenues of waste as well. No, strictly food waste. And, you know, okay. there's so much food waste uh, in the world. It's one third. Um, I mean, it's just one third of the food worldwide is wasted. And so if, you know, fixing that problem could help fix climate change by recycling all that food waste back into the soil structure to create um, more sustainable economies um, and, you know, get away from uh, petrol fertilizers, especially now with, um, you know, the, all the unrest in Ukraine and, and Russia. Um, I mean, with our data, we can replace easily one third of a, of a, of a fertilizer need. Um, in addition to releasing phosphorus, the legacy, legacy phosphorus that's built up in the, um, in the soil structure, because what happens is, you know, over time, um, that phosphorus doesn't go anywhere and it's and it just gets stuck and it's unusable. So when you get those microbes down into the soil, they're like little bunny rabbits or Pac-Man. They're just chopping up, you know, the soil, chopping up the soil and making it more usable. Making everything more bioavailable. That's fantastic. And and we have, Nick and I both have seen it firsthand. You know, there's a lot of, obviously food waste is on a lot of people's minds. There are a lot of products in the CEA industry specifically utilizing food waste as a, as the raw ingredient. And unfortunately, a lot of the results have been uh, pretty dismal um, in, in most cases. And this is a product that, that both Nick and I have seen in CEA providing real tangible results. Um, so that's a really, a really great product to, for people to try. Um, Kathy, when you're fermenting this process, just to I want to understand the process a little better. Once you ferment that and, and extract or create the the end product, what's left over? Is it is it um, just um, more uh, material that's composted, or how is the material that's left over from the process dealt with? So you know, mainly food waste can be you know, in the 70% liquid range. So let's just say that it depends on what it is that there's maybe 30% left. That that can be fermented in the process and used as a compost accelerator, uh, which is another thing too. Um, it could be added to horse manure, which is another big market segment for us. Um, and there's, I mean, it, yeah, it's basically, it can be easily composted or it can also be recycled back through the process. Okay. So whatever's left over from the manufacturing process still can be processed further for other uses. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Well, that's all really exciting. So obviously you've got a lot going on. Can you tell us a little bit now about where you're going, where you see this product and the industry going in the next few years? Well, like I said, um, we've just recently merged, uh, partnered with a public company, DUTV and, and Easy Energy Systems. And so we're going to be mass producing these shipping containers. We call them Easy Fen Systems. Um, and each one can generate, you know, one third of the fertilizer needs for a quarter of a million acres every year of just, let's say, corn. Um, and so really... Our, you know, where we're at right now is they've just announced, uh, the USDA just announced making a $500 million grant available uh, to increase American-made fertilizer production and spur competition and combat price hikes 
um, on U.S. farmers caused by the unrest in, in Russia and Ukraine. So we are right now compiling an invitation. We're writing the grant and we're compiling invitations to partner with, um, well, we really, we, we've got several, a couple of dozen um, companies throughout the country um, that want to put an easy fund in a system. Uh, so we're gonna be partnering with them on the grants, whoever wants to, uh, wants an easy fence system, we're partnering with them on the grant and we're writing the grant. So excited about that. More information to come next week. We're launching a new website. Um, so yeah, lots of, lots is going on. We've got a social media campaign for once. Finally, we're, we're kind of not bootstrapping it anymore. So I'm excited about that. Okay. Well, to that end, how can people either get in touch with you or learn more about the products? Well, that would be terreplenish.com. That's T-E-R-R-E-P-L-E-N-I-S-H.com. And uh, my name's Kathy Scratch. And just reach out. You can just, when you, if you go onto my website and you ask a question, that would go to me. So um, also, if you'd like to try the Terraplenish, I created a special coupon code um, AM Hydro 20. Um, you can go on my website. There's free shipping and, and uh, you get an extra introductory discount. Well, that's fantastic. So everyone check out terraplenish.com and your code AMHydro20. Save some money. That's really great. And I all noticed, you also noticed you had some video um, uh, explanation on your site as well, which I think is really helpful. So that's all really great. And we really appreciate it. We appreciate what you're doing and uh, looking forward to, to seeing things um, as they develop. Um, if, do you have any, uh, any last words for the audience in terms of um, kind of where you see things going or, or how you'd like to have um, your company be part of that? Well, again, I would love to be a part of sustainable uh, projects. Uh, if there's a sustainable project, I'm working with a, a team in Washington, D.C. right now that's installing hydroponics, uh, indoor hydroponics. They're doing some aquaponics. Uh, and they're really trying to, there's more and more people that are trying to create sustainable local in, economies. Um, so I would love to be a part of those local economies, whether they're here in the United States or, or uh, overseas, Mexico, Canada. Um, that's really my vision is to expand um, and really just to help, you know, grow food, grow safe, organic food. And by the way, TerraPlenish is certified for organic crop use. So it is Armory certified. And also it's certified in California as well. Nice. The Department of Agriculture. Right. Well, Kathy, thank you so much for joining us today and talking about uh, your work. And, uh, and thank you all for listening. We appreciate uh, your time today. And Nick and I have got a number of uh, interesting topics coming up in the next few weeks. In fact, we've gotten a lot of uh, uh, additional questions and comments that we're going to be addressing in the upcoming episodes. So, so thanks again for joining us. Kathy, thanks again for your time. And we look forward to talking with you again soon. So have a great day, everyone.